0: Welcome back to GEMS with Genesis Amaris Kemp. With me today is Nathaniel A. Turner. He is a man on a mission, y'all. He's multifaceted, has a lot of things going on on the forefront, behind the scenes, and overall in his wheelhouse. But before we jump into this segment, I'm going to tell you a little bit about Nathaniel, then I'll turn it Over to him. So Nathaniel A. Turner is an entrepreneur, renowned speaker, author, philanthropist, and a leading parental empowerment activist. The Human Propulsion Engineer is the author of multiple books, including The Amazing World of STEM. For those of you who don't know what STEM is, it's science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. Raising Superman, Stop the Bus, Education reform in 31 days, ooh, and it's a jungle out there. Powerful parenting lessons inspired by the Lion King. Turner appears regularly in numerous national media outlets. The TED Talk speaker strives daily to change the world so that race, ethnicity, and parents' socioeconomic status no longer dictates the writing of a child's destiny before a child takes their first breath. Nate happily shares his template for living our best life, including being intellectually competent globally and culturally astute, a humanitarian center. I told y'all he was multifaceted and he had a lot of things going on. So, without further ado, welcome Nathaniel A. Turner.
1: Thank you for having me, Genesis. I appreciate it.
0: (laughs) My pleasure. So we all know um, Nathaniel, or do you want me to call you Nate?
1: No, call me Nate. Usually Nathaniel <laughs> means I'm in trouble. So yeah, everybody knows uh, Nate, Nate, Nate. yeah.
0: So Nate, we know that a bio is just a bio. And you can't put everything in a bio because you know there's character limitations. So walk <laughs> us through, who is Nate outside of the bio?
1: <laughs> sure. Um, the simplest way to explain Nate is to say that Nate is a JAG. he's just a guy. I am no more, no less than anybody else. And I'm a guy who believes that when my time on the planet is up, the most important word that will exist is the word who. It is the most important word that exists that most people ignore, which is to say, I'll be judged by who I helped, who I served, and who knew that life mattered because of an interaction with me.
0: Okay, mic drop, drip, drip, drip. <laughs> So today we're going to talk about grow with gratitude and always being um, in the spirit of gratitude because you said you never leave the spirit of gratitude. It's not too high and it's not too low. And then we're going to weave in all the incredible things that you're doing because by you being grateful and having an attitude of gratitude, it helps you excel in the other areas of your life. Would you agree?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I, um, I'm a gentleman who suffers from depression and was diagnosed the very first time with um, with depression and seasonal affective disorder in 1996. And uh, at the time, there was this desire to prescribe medication uh, for one to end up taking for the rest of their life to deal with, with depression. And I've decided that I did not want to do that. I will look for other ways to do that. And one of the things you do Uh, To help with that is to find a way to be grateful in the moments that you're in and not to focus on yesterday because it's gone, not to worry about tomorrow because it is not present, but just to stay here in the moment that is the gift that is the present.
0: I love that because if you think about the past, you can't rewrite the past. And if you think about the future, you can't hop in a time machine and zoom over there. So what you can do is stay present and not worry about all the trivial things, but worry about what you can control and what you can work on doing better. So planting seeds today to take root for a better tomorrow so you could reap that abundant harvest. And I like how you said that you were looking for alternate ways so you weren't so dependent on medication. As my husband says, he's like the real war on drugs is pharmaceutical companies.
1: (laughs) I'm in in agreement with your husband.
0: at first I didn't understand that I said no babe I don't understand and he's like no think about it they're always pushing drugs and once you get on one drug there's another drug that you need to take because of the side effects that it causes and all of these other things but I guess I saw it from a different vantage point since I have people in the healthcare field but now that I'm wiser because you know we get wisdom as we get older I'm like oh I see what my husband means now the real war on drugs <laughs> So, Nathaniel, I want to talk about who you were when you were growing up, and I want you to bring it home to where you are now because I think growing up has a lot to do where where you are now because you've accomplished so much so far, and you still have your whole life ahead of you
1: yeah i um I'm a guy who who's originally from Gary, Indiana. I don't know where you're from Genesis, but if you know anything about gary um Deary has some challenges, so we'll just say that. I'm also a guy who grew up in a household with quite a few challenges. I tell people there's, if you're familiar with adverse childhood experiences or ACEs, there are 10 demarcations that that, um, the medical field looks at to determine the social and economic outcomes of people. And generally, say if a person has three, your life is going to be shortened. um, Your health is going to be bad. You're probably not going to be very productive. I have eight of those 10 ACEs. Um and so I'm a guy who grew up and again, like i said and then sometimes it's a tumultuous household but a very challenging life and who am i today i'm a i'm primarily i'm a father um that is how most people will know me know me because the relationships are better than than the one that I had
0: So can you talk about ACEs? Because I'm not familiar with that, and I think that would be great. So not just I can learn, but also the listeners and viewers.
1: Sure. I won't be able to quote you the exact year the study was done, but there was a study done by um, the CDC, Centers for Disease Control, right? And um, the Kaiser Permanente, which is a uh, hospital, I think it's a hospital, but it's also a um, maybe a medical institution, but I know they have a, a facility in in uh, San Francisco. Anyway, they did a study on on things that were hindering. They thought they were hindering children's development, and they came about that there were ten things that that you should look for. So a, a child would show up for class and might be asleep. And rather than assuming that the child just wasn't paying attention, they started to investigate further and found out, well, some kids are showing up asleep because. They didn't sleep last night because there was a crime taking place at their home or a parent was being abused or someone in their house who abuses drug or alcohol was bothering them or someone in their household just got incarcerated again or they didn't have a you know, quality food to eat, etc. So there, there are 10 things that, that make up diverse childhood experiences. And so I'm a product of eight of those 10 things.
0: Wow, and thank you for elaborating on that because that's that's new to me, so it's educating me. And it's inspired me to go do my due diligence and look it up. What are those things? Because then if I run across a student or a young child, then now I could look for maybe some of those qualities that I wouldn't have known about, but you educated me. So um, (laughs) thank you for sharing that. And to answer your question, I'm from Houston, Texas, but I am first generation American. My dad was South American. He passed last year and my mom is
1: Caribbean. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to hear about your loss.
0: Thank you. So, I want to dive a little deeper into your books because you have some amazing books on the market. So, by trade, were you an engineer or are you an engineer?
1: <laughs> no, by my my uh, educational background of a bachelor's in accounting, of a master's in history and theology, and I have a a, a juris doctor or a law degree. Oh. So, uh, I'm not an I'm not an engineer uh, in the practical sense.
0: Okay. So you have a mas no, a bachelor's in accounting, a master's in um finance no a
1: master's in history and theology.
0: History and theology. Okay. And a law degree. Okay, so they're all different, but then you weave them together. So, what's your reasoning behind the differences there? This is interesting.
1: So, uh, I have a county degree by accident. Let's say by accident. Again, I'm a guy from Gary, not very many options. Told that the best I could hope to do was join the military. Um, I got into, I was accepted to two colleges. Um, one of the two colleges that I was accepted to Lost their accreditation for the accounting program, which then left me with only one option. So I went to a school to get an accounting degree because the only profession that I had any idea about at the time was accounting because my mother was an accounts payable clerk or accounts receivable clerk. So that's that's why I chose accounting. It wasn't because I really wanted to be an accountant because I really didn't have any clue about what I wanted to do with my life, which is part of what we try to show families today, to, so that their children don't make the same uh, mistakes or or limit their options as I did. So I became an accountant, uh, because in my household, when you start something, you're supposed to finish it. So I finished it. So. <laughs> right.
0: Yes, I know all about that, especially having parents who aren't American. They're like, oh, no, no, no. you start what you finish. And they had some rules in this house. You're either going to go to school or go to work, but you're not going to sit at home doing nothing and um, laying on the couch, Netflix and chill. And that was before they even knew Netflixing and chill. But in their terms, you're not going to sit on the couch and not do anything. You're going to be, <laughs> oh, when I think about it, sometimes I get so angry because I Just wanted to really pursue acting and I begged and begged and begged my dad to go to acting school until finally he said yes and whenever I got selected for IMTA LA which is the international model and talent agency and they wanted me to go to LA to audition in front of all the who's is who and I told my parents oh yeah I need five grand five grand For what? And my dad, I would never forget it. He's like, no, if they want you that bad, they will pay five grand for you to go. We're not giving you five grand. So then I felt like my dreams were like really crushed because I was like, dad, you just don't understand. Like, this is it. Like I could be on the TV screens. I could be doing what I want to do. Then I tried going to UT Austin for a little bit. My mom thought she was going to play a little joke on me, Nate. So she sent my brother there for parents' weekend. He followed me around the entire campus, and I'm like, "Dude, we are 13 years apart. Like, this is not what's popping." And then, so some of my friends like, "Hey, you want to go to the sorority party? You want to go?" And I was like, Mm-mm-mm. "And I'm trying to like tell them in a subliminal way, like, don't say that because my brother's right here." And <laughs> you know, when you're young and you just want to enjoy your life all of that stuff you can't do especially if your older brother is like looking over you like with beating piercing eyes and like a hawk so then I came home went to community college for two years got an associate's degree then transferred to a four-year college and you know looking back now like I appreciate what my parents did but hindsight 2020 I hated what they were doing because I was like man and like you know that's when the term like cock blocking was caught and I'm like this is just ridiculous. Like, I just cannot believe this. Like, college is supposed to be my thrifty years and all of this. Stuff. So I agree where you're coming from, from a stent, because I endured that with my parents. And it was just, like, twice as, like, hard and stringent, especially whenever I look at how my friends grew up, because they could go to sleepovers, they could do other things. But my parents did not play that, because they're like, we don't know their parents. We don't know what goes on in their their household. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Your parents sound like my parents good old school parents
0: <laughs> and now when you look at it and you think about how your parents raised you and how they're helping their grandkids it's like they're so lax now and I'm like if I would have did this this wouldn't would have never fly
1: <laughs> <laughs> well my son is now 26 so yeah they they don't really they don't really really do anything but say congratulations for the stuff he's accomplishing.
0: Oh, nice. Okay, so how many kids do you have, Nate?
1: I just have one. To to my knowledge, I have one. I have one son. My my motto has been, I have one son, and I'm done. Say it with me.
0: One and done? (laughs) Done. Wow. (laughs) And he's 26. So now thinking about all that you have accomplished so far and thinking about your son, who is a product of you, do you strive to do all the things you do so you can leave that legacy and pave that foundation for your son since he's coming up behind you? Or what was your inspiration?
1: Yeah, I say that most of the things that I've done that are noteworthy to the public are things that I've accomplished because of my son, have not been for him, I would not be having a conversation with you today. It was a 16-year-old who told me that I could do more with my life. It was a it was a four-year-old who was starting to play soccer when his father was 211 pounds, who um, realized that he could not yell and scream at his child about running fast if he was not himself in good shape. So, yeah, my son has essentially been since he's been here. He's been the the biggest motivator uh, and inspiration for me to be better than I was yesterday.
0: Wow, that is amazing. And I commend you for getting your health in alignment, because we all know your health is your wealth. I commend you for listening to your son so you could strive to be better and do better because, you know, he is looking up to you. And whether we realize it or not, um, and this is coming from a woman, my husband and I don't have kids yet. We're on runakid.com. I rent my nieces and nephews and give them back. (laughs) And so whenever I think about how kids mimic their parents, their aunts and uncles, you have to be so strategic in what you do, because you may not think that child is looking, but they are looking. And then you start to see how, like, what you're doing is really planting a seed in them.
1: Yeah, no, they watch everything. You think you're watching them. I told people, I have, a, I, have a, I have a picture of my son and I at, um. I think he was was he just come home from Brazil. So we were we taking a we decided to do something out of the norm. We got on a bus and just decided to keep riding the bus. We didn't know we were going, but wherever the bus would stop, we would get off, spend the night, do some things in that town. Then the next day, we'd get on the bus and ride somewhere else. And at one of the stops, um, he's got a camera. I've got this. I bought this really expensive camera. And he has that camera in his hand and I have a cell phone camera and I've turned to take a picture of him, but he's taking a picture of me. And I tell people all the time that, you know, that's what happens in in real life. That children are looking at you with a lens that is much better than the lens you have. And the picture that they're capturing is a much clearer picture than you're capturing. And you better be, you know, very sure about what it is they're going to see when they turn around.
0: Wow, I'm kind of fascinated about this bus. You got on a bus and you just kept riding. Where Where did you start this bus <laughs> journey?
1: Yeah, so I live outside of Indianapolis uh, until we caught the bus in Indianapolis. And then the for it was called a mega bus. So I don't know if, if you're familiar with yeah, the mega bus. I've yeah. seen them. It's like <laughs>
0: yellow and blue, right?
1: It is a yellow and blue bus. So we got on a bus and the first stop, I believe, was Louisville. And the next stop was Nashville. Mm-hmm. And the subsequent stop was was atlanta and i think the next stop would have been jacksonville florida but we're like yeah we don't even want to go to jacksonville so we we, wrote, we rented a car and drove to hilton head south carolina where we stayed there for a few days and then we drove back to atlanta and rode back to nashville and rode back to louisville and rode back to indianapolis
0: so okay what was like the traveling like because you get did you have to buy a new ticket each stop or you just never got off like
1: no no no. you get off so at each stop we got off and then we'd we'd spend a night in a hotel somewhere and we'd get up the following morning have breakfast and maybe do some things in that city and then when there was a bus the following that following day we'd catch the bus and ride to the next destination
0: Oh, okay. Except for Jacksonville, Florida. Why didn't y'all want to go to Jacksonville, Florida?
1: We just, we were like, we've been there before. And, and, we, and honestly, we, we were a little bit tired of riding the bus. So <laughs> it had it, it lost its luster. Like the idea, we woke up one morning and said, you know, let's just do something. We don't want to drive. I don't want to drive if we drive we won't see anything i don't want to fly so let's i don't know let's do something different so we we rode a bus and and so we've done that we can cross that off our our list of things it's not on our bucket list but we can cross that off our list of things we've done so yeah
0: wow this story is just getting incredible and this is a different type of conversation than we originally (laughs) planned to have but it's so needed because you have so many things that are in your real house and it's not a linear path, it, um, path, it's like a zigzag and it's those zigzags moments and those up and downs that makes it so interesting where right? I just want to talk to you like all day and learn more because it's so fascinating. Um, so Looking at now and you've done all this, you've done the book journey, you've done, you know, your education part, you've done so many incredible things. What would you say is next for you? Uh,
1: What's next? What's next is is continuing to write and continue to speak. That's 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 what's next. What's next is making sure that in whatever time that I have left on this planet until the last grain of sand, uh, drops from the top bulb of my life hourglass that I am as productive as possible. That I help serve, and I make sure as many people as possible know that their lives matter.
0: I love that. So, are you working on any current writing projects?
1: Yeah, we just finished um, finished a book that'll be released October 1st. Um, it's titled Journey Forward: How to How to How to Use Journaling to manif- to Envision and Manifest the Life You've Always Wanted.
0: Ooh, that is a good topic okay so in the book okay because now I get an inside edition because October 1st <laughs> is what fr- Friday or Saturday it's Friday,
1: Friday. Friday. yeah mm-hmm.
0: you gotta say that with a little bit more passion mm-hmm. yeah, no, it's, Friday.
1: Is- <laughs> it's Friday but I told you never too high not too low yes yeah.
0: <laughs> in the middle in so the middle. this book is it gonna have like um blank pages in there so you could write in the book and kind of do your manifestations in the book or do you have a workbook that will go
1: along with it? All good questions. We probably should have had a workbook to go along with it. It does not have a workbook. It, it, here's what it is. Um, as I mentioned, one of the things I started to do in terms of my mental health was to, was to write. I started trying to journal years ago and found it very uh, ineffective because what, what I would only journal was stuff that made me mad right? So I'd be, I'd be journaling things that made me mad or I might journal about something that I was very happy about, but any of the living in the middle, I didn't journal about that. And what one day um, I realized having an opportunity to speak to some young people at this convention, one of the things I mentioned to them was, was affirming every day who they were. And they asked, well, how do you do that? And I said, well, we've told our son to each day to write at the beginning of the day, how he imagines his best life. And so and, and if he's having a test, imagining that he's already passed the test and what he did to pass the test and so forth. And, and then I left and I thought, man, you are a hypocrite. You have given someone else instructions about how to do something. Your child's life is absolutely fantastic and you don't use many of the tools that you've given to him. So you need to start using that tool. So I decided I was gonna start journaling each day. First it was rough because I, I I reverted to the old habits of, writing stuff that made me angry. And and then one day it it kicked in. I said, okay, listen, you're going to only write about your best life. Whatever you write is about something in the future. You cannot write about something in the past. If you write about something in the past, it is as if you're just reflecting on a prior moment and how you got over that moment. So I started doing that. And I've done that now for, I'd say close to four years or so, I made a big, huge vision board that goes along with it. And subsequently many of the things I put on my board, many of the things that I journaled about journaling for became a reality. And then people would ask me what it was that I was doing. I said, hey, I journal every day. And then folks would say, well, can we see what that means to journal for? I started sharing it. I made the fortunate or, or unfortunate mistake of sharing it with a friend of mine by the name of Dr. Robin um, Henderson Wilson. She'll get mad at me if I get her name mixed up. And she said, hey, You should use this and share with other people. Write reflections or write action statements for things people do. And I said, That sounds wonderful, but I'm not going to do it. And you're more than welcome to do it. And she did. She took 55 of those entries that I wrote and turned them into um, a series of action statements and reflection items. And so that now is the first version of it. She says, The first version, because she says there'll be many more. This is the first edition of Journey Forward.
0: Wow, incredible. And all it started was by you just changing your mindset and flipping the switch and you started writing. Writing was producing something incredible inside of you. And before you knew it, bam, 55 entries became the first version of a book. And all by you just retraining your mindset I like to call it the R cubed or triple R. And I teach on refuel, refocus and realign. And that's pretty much what you did there. So that is incredible. So thank you for sharing that name. No, no, no and I know we are winding down. So I want to play a fast, fun game. So there are 10 questions with Jen, the host with the Moses. So sometimes I call myself Jen or Genesis. So are you ready? And are there any questions that are off limit or any subjects? Yeah
1: no nah, we're
0: good we're <laughs> okay good. I'm, a, I'm gonna keep a thing so favorite color purple purple Ooh, like prince purple
1: like omega sci-fi fraternity purple
0: ah uh, okay <laughs> favorite food
1: <laughs> uh i don't have one seriously no
0: okay well favorite vacation spot
1: i just returned from hawaii so right now hawaii is my favorite place Dream car. Don't have one. I want to walk.
0: Ooh, okay. So okay. <laughs> oh, dang! You're getting me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you want to walk. Okay, what is your what is your goal walking wise? How?
1: What wait to wake up every day and walk on the beach and perhaps, and maybe buy a little bitty dog, a, a brown, a chocolate brown or a sand colored um, mini labradoodle. And then the name, the dog journey
0: journey. Okay. Journey because your life is a journey or a journey because what?
1: Because all lives are journey. And each okay. day I want to be reminded as I walk with journey that we're on a, we're on a walk on a journey together.
0: Okay. I know you study theology. So what was your most pleasing part of studying that?
1: To learn that there are so many similarities between all the faiths.
0: Okay. Five. If you could have any superpower, what would it be and why? Um,
1: time. I'd like to have more time. Why? There's, there's too much to do, and I know I'm going to run out of time.
0: Okay. If you could go back to any stage of your life, what would it be and why?
1: We would want to go back to any stage. Because okay. anything you go back and change, you threaten to change the existence of where you are today. So I don't want to change anything.
0: Love it. Oh, I just love that one. <laughs> so seven. What is the proudest moment of your life oh, so far? Easy.
1: That's easy. It'll always be the same thing. The moment I saw my son born.
0: Oh so cute. That's you gotta share this re- recording with him.
1: Yeah, so, always i see i share everything with him Yep. yeah he knows everybody knows <laughs> everybody knows they would say hey we know the answer to that question it's his son yes it's naim his name is what
0: what is it
1: naim naim kahari mm-hmm.
0: and what does his name mean
1: um naim is arabic it means benevolent kahari is swahili it means kingly so his first name and his middle name are he is benevolent king
0: oh i like that different mm-hmm. and powerful so kind of, like,
1: kind of like genesis of mars
0: mm-hmm. that's a
1: that that name has a meaning
0: yes
1: yeah, yeah, <laughs> i know i know
0: so hey oh Nate, you you stumped me on that one. Oh, oh you're trying to steal my steal my show nate <laughs> Nope,
1: no nope, that's <nah>, yours <laughs>
0: So, A, I want you to visualize a place that is your happy place. And you can't say beach because you said that in your other answer.
1: What's my place? The happy place? Sitting on a mountain, probably sitting on a mountaintop, uh, hanging out with some monks. Just just quiet, just alone with my thoughts. I tell my family all the time that I am going to eventually become a monk. And I'm going to depart. My son says I'm crazy. He says, you can go away for a couple of weeks, but you can't go away forever. What are you doing? So yes, that that is my happy place. I imagine sitting somewhere on a peak with clouds above my head and sun peering through and just along with me and the creator or the creator and I.
0: If you could be, so nine, if you could Mm -hmm. be a fly on the wall and go to any place, any city or any situation, what would it be and why?
1: If I could be a fly on the wall, um, I think if I could be a fly on the wall, I'd want to go back in history and find out how my ancestors were able to make it through a period of time like slavery. And I'd like to know if they were, if they were pleased with the way we've turned out. Because I oftentimes think they would be very somewhat disappointed in many of us.
0: Mm, that is profound and deep. Ooh, I wish we had more time to unpack that. <laughs> and 10, 10 is the bonus question where you can ask me anything that you want to know about me, the host, Genesis Mars Kemp.
1: Do you know how you got your name?
0: so yes and no so I know Genesis means the beginning campus Mm -hmm. warrior and then Omaris I forgot what that means and I'm just grateful for it because um it kind of reminds me of my book that I wrote chocolate drop in corporate America from the pit to the palace because I said I too went through depression at a young age since I was a victim of bullying and I had to go low and I'm a believer so God took me to the lowest point of my life and it was that point where I I fell in love with someone and I tell people I had to learn how to love me and me authentically and unapologetically.
1: Okay. Well, I'm going to ask you, here's my, the question of the guest, find out what Amaris means, because I mean, I know what it means. I looked it up before we, before we got on the call and, and I surmised that I don't know your parents, but your parents gave you a name to live into and to live up to so you can't do that if you don't know what it is
0: okay i have it in a notebook i looked it up but i can't remember off the top Mm-mm. of my you gotta,
1: head you gotta know it every day like must like our son's name we we waited to the eighth day to name him and Seriously? he is yeah and he's been reminded every day what his name is and what his role is when you are named the benevolent king you know what it means to be good and you understand fully what it means to be kingly his his third name is turner which is a slave name and is hyphenated and his last name is Bandelli, which means born away from home so his full name is he's a benevolent king despite being born from slavery and being born away from home so he knows that that is who he is and the expectation is that he behave in that way doesn't ever forget his homeland doesn't think he's better than anybody doesn't forget his people behaves in a royal fashion right keeps his head up right acts in a dignified profound way um but that he's good to to everyone he comes in contact with and he can't live that right if he doesn't know what it means so (laughs) amaris promise by god right (laughs) camp yes
0: oh wow don't forget okay promise by god amaris and thank you thank you for you know really doing your due diligence and look look at me up okay uh i know i kept you a little over the time so i want you to no close worries. out by telling the listeners and viewers once again who you are how they could connect with you on social media and then leave them with one or two
1: gems i am i'm nate turner i'm only nathaniel if i'm in trouble most known as naeem's dad even my twitter and instagram handles are at supermans underscore dad super s-u-p-a-m-a-n is the nickname that i've given my son um and i've given he's been had that nickname for virtually the entirety of his life um so that's where can you find me the easiest place to find me is at nathanielaterner.com i have a blog called raising superman s-u-p-a-m-a-n um so yeah that's that's pretty much how you can find me and uh, what I want to say at the end, just to, again, to remind people that uh, we're all on borrowed time, and um, the, what we should do at this moment is to be better today than we were yesterday. And if we have a tomorrow, we should be making plans today to be better tomorrow.
0: I love it, and thank you so much, Nate, for gracing your gracing us with your presence here today on Gems, and for all the listeners and viewers out there. All of Nate's contact information will be in the show notes. So make sure you read, read, read. Reading is fundamental. Knowledge is power. And you are a masterpiece. So I want you to go out and have yourself an amazing day. And don't ever let somebody tell you what you aren't. Know who you are so you won't fall victim to what the world tells you to be. And until we chat next time, peace, love, and lots of blessings. Signing out, Genesis, Amara's camp. And... Nate Turner.